Here. So today's daf is Lamitet in Psachim. We are literally on the first word of that uh, Amud Aleph, <coughs> the new Mishnah. Velo Yirakot. So, so what the last Mishnah was dealing with the uh, types of species of grain from which one can uh, make matzah. Now we're up to the types of vegetables that you can use, or herbs, that you can use for maror, because there are two things you have to eat in addition to Korban Pesach. Of course, this Masechet is going to spend a good time, a good amount of time on Korban Pesach. So this is, uh, you know, but first we have to deal with the Matzah and the maror. So, and remember that this mitzvah of eating maror is actually a mitzvah that relates to the Korban Pesach, because it's al matot morim yochluhu. It never says that a person should eat maror by itself. So <clears throat> nowadays, when we observe the mitzvah of maror, it's only midrah banan, according to everybody, because really it was a part of the eating of the Korban Pesach. Not like Matzah where it says Be'erov Tochlu Matzot separate from the Korban Pesach eat Matzah. The Maror was only in, uh, something that goes along with the Korban Pesach. So Elo Yerakot Shadam Yotzeh Ben Yideh Chovatob HaPesach V'chazeret Chazeret we assume means um, and the Gemara will explain it, but basically it means uh, Romaine lettuce. But Tamcha most people interpret that to mean the horseradish. Uba is uh, many of these things we don't exactly know what they are. As Rashi says, it's going to explain in the Gemara what they are with other words that we don't know what they are. So that's you know it's uh, even more helpful. But uh, the Gemara is going to explain that chavina is um, is a uh, type of a, an ivy or some kind of plant that grows around uh, around a uh, uh, a palm tree. But uh, the Gemara will explain that. And uh, most of these things we're not even familiar with them, so we wouldn't even ever have them. Olashin is. Uh, is uh, endives. Maor, maor itself, there's a question of whether maor is just a general term for any other bitter thing you can get your hands on if you can't get one of these or if it's a specific species. Rashi seems to think it's a specific species of maor, actually. doesn't matter if they're dry or they are fresh, but they can't be soaked. If you soak them, and Rashi says your kvushin specifically means bechometz, that you soaked it in vinegar. So you change the flavor. Or if you... Uh, if you uh, uh, if you um, cook it very, yeah, like you cook it to the point, Rashi says that it um, that it actually like uh, melts into a uh, liquid. Like you make a soup out of it, that wouldn't be good. Uh, and even if you just cook it, in other words, if you take the, uh, I mean, these are not really things that you typically cook. I guess um, maybe endive uh, you do, but uh, the other things you wouldn't really cook normally. Chasa, uh, you don't you don't really cook lettuce, but if you did and made it into a cooked dish, that would change it, and you wouldn't be able to use it anymore. Certainly, if you melt it down, like the it, the way the Rashi interprets shlukin is that you actually like make it into a soup. In any okay, in any case, when it's tofin kazayit, they all combine together to kazayit. So if you only had a little bit of chazeret and a little bit of tamcha and a little bit of this, you could put them all together and make one kazayit. and you can also use the stem. You don't have to only use the leaf, even though the main thing that you use that you eat are the uh, leaves usually. But actually, some people prefer to use the stem, especially if the romaine lettuce, because there are no bugs. Uh, to be found on the stem, like there are in the leaves that squish together and it's hard to find it. And as it always, as the Mishnah always likes to mention, you can use demai for this. Why can you use demai? You can use demai because since it is um, something that technically, if you wanted to be uh, mafkir, uh, if you wanted to uh, divest yourself of all of your assets and become poor, you would be able to eat demai because demai, uh, poor people are allowed to eat according to Beit Hillel. And Maser Rishon, of course, if the Truma was taken from it, Maser Sheni or Hekdesh that are redeemed, all of these things are kosher items. And as the Gemara always explains, it's talking, it's coming to include specific cases where you might think that the redemption wasn't valid or you might think that it wasn't sufficient or whatever. The point is that whatever is kosher, uh, you can use for 
the mitzvah uh, maror of these five uh, types, this chazeret tamcha b'charchivan olashin and maror, these five things. Now, chazeret chasa. So Gemara explains right away, chazeret is referring to lettuce, which we interpret to be romaine lettuce. Olashin is hindiva or hindavi, which which is endive. Okay, seemingly it sounds almost exactly like the way what we call it today, which is really interesting that the term goes back that far. Maybe it comes from Greek or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, probably Steinsaltz would explain something like that. He always explains the etymologies of the words. I'm not sure, but that would be. And then tamcha shema. Okay, that helps us just about as much as the word tamcha. But the assumption is that the word tamcha means horseradish. Rashi gives some French word on the side here. Um, do they explain what his French word on the side is? It's esev mar. Right. So that's not exactly. It doesn't exactly sound like. Uh, Horseradish, it sounds like some kind of a grass, some kind of an herb, but uh, it's interpreted widely to mean horseradish and Ashkenazim use. Um, then, Charchavina, what's Charchavina? She says it's some kind of a plant that grows up on, a, uh, on the palm tree. So, Marirta, Rashi seems to again associate this with a specific thing. He calls it poprats, right? And it says, Chazeret Ayar, it says on the side in my Gemara. Pirush Chazeret Ayar, some kind of a wild lettuce. Um, you know, lettuce of the forest, wild lettuce. Um, others interpret it as just meaning any bitter thing that, you know, if you can't get any of the above, you take. So we're adding, some of these sound like the same, like Lushin is obviously the endives that we saw before, Tamchaza is the same thing as Tamcha before. Charchalin is a new word, we didn't see the word Charchalin before, so Rashi says Charchalin lo itparish shimo, that's very helpful, we don't know what that is. So we don't, why is it helpful? It's helpful to me because it doesn't make me feel bad. Because if even Rashi didn't know what it was, then I don't have to know what it is either. Some kind of a bitter herb. Charchavinin, we said before what it is. It grows on the tree. And, and also chazarin is chazeret, seemingly. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Av sadev gina. This is true about endives of the field and endives of the garden. Right, v'chazeret, and also chazeret, right? So ulshe gina v'chazeret hatanala. Why does he have to mention this again? We already know. In other words, the previous person already said ulshin. He already said that uh, the dives, And he already said, right? And we already saw chazeret. So why does he have to mention chazeret and, and the endives of the garden again? We already know that. It says because hatan uh, because, uh, should be obvious from what the previous guy said. It's not a disagreement. So it says, In other words, what he meant was not to add to the list. He was just adding to the list the wild endive and saying wild endive is the same as the garden endive and the lettuce. That was all he was trying to say. Rabbi Meir Omer Af Asvas Vitura Umar Yeroar. These are another three items. Okay, so it says Amale Rabbi Yosi. Rabbi Yosi said Asvas Vitura Chadu. First of all, those two are really one. So you're just adding one thing. Asvas Vitura is one thing. Umar Zehu Yeroar and Mar and Yeroar also one. So he's just adding two more vegetables to the list. Again, we don't necessarily know the identity of many of these vegetables, and that's okay. But they knew what they were, and that's what was important. So Tanei. So this is like our Mishnah. Romain lettuce. Right? We're assuming that means horseradish. This is the vine that grows around the palm tree. So these are two new words that we didn't see before. Two more vegetables or herbs that... Um, uh, that we haven't seen before. Rashi says about the Hardufnin, Yesh Mifarshin Alvishna. 
So what is Alvishna according to the uh, bottom? It says Perushla Ana. That's usually translated. So and it says Shoresh. It says Shoresh Megadel Esev Mar. Some kind of again bitter roots from the ground. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Av Chazeret Chazeret Yolin VeChazeret Galit. Okay, so these are another uh, other kinds of chazeret, other kinds of lettuce, and um, that that are also acceptable for maror. And again, we don't necessarily know the identity of all these individual things. Or she says, "What is chazeret galiv?" It says It's just a term that comes. Uh, uh, it, it, these are different styles, different varieties of it. Also, arkebalim are good for maror. And um, she says at the end of Masechet, I mean, we actually learned this, right? That um, that he said he made the claim that that was an acceptable type of marora, and he couldn't find anybody else who would support him in claiming that. And it says this is also a type of a sieve gadol ve'av It's a type of a, another type of a plant which is very bitter. And he says this is the uh, that uh, he says al kol He said I, he said in the name of so Rabbi Eliezer, his teacher, that he heard that these arkbalim are also good. But he couldn't find anybody else who heard that from the teacher. So he, they were saying, ah, he never said that. You're making it up. It's not true. But then Rabbi Yudah Yaakov backed me up and said that it was indeed true. That those Arkabalim are good. Anything that has like a, um, what do you call it? Um, the stuff that oozes from the trees. Uh, sap. Right. So if, if you break it open, some white liquid seeps out of it, Rashi says. That's one of the things, that's one of the signs that it is an acceptable maror. Rabbi Yochanan ben Brokaomer calls Sheparav Machsifin. It has to have a light color. It's a greenish, it's a light greenish color. It's usually the color of the maror. says any bitter herb is going to have both of those qualifications. It's going to have some kind of a, a sap that oozes out as well as it's going to be light green. Rabbi Yochanan kulan nilmat. That he says, from all of these together, combined together, we learn that any vegetable that is bitter is going to have these two qualifications, that it has a sap that oozes from it, and that it's light, and the halacha follows that position, that any of these items are, uh, are included in the category of maror. So the implication would be, would seem to be, that... Um, that this is a general category, meaning that you could go beyond the five things that are mentioned in the Mishnah if you find something that meets this qualification, that it's bitter, that it's green, that it has sap that oozes from it. It sounds like that would be acceptable. This is a very famous thing. He was looking for this marirta, this certain type of a plant for marora. Why are you looking for that? Because you think it's the most bitter thing. But the first thing on the list in the Mishnah is chazeret, and we assume that the first thing on the list is the best, is the most desirable. That's the one that's the, the, the preferred. So chazeret, which is romaine lettuce, is the first thing. And in the Shiva Shmuel, they also taught chazeret the first thing on the list. And also Rabbi Oshaya said it's a mitzvah to use specifically the romaine lettuce. What do we call chazeret in Aramaic? We call it chasa. Well, actually, nowadays that's Hebrew. My chasa, the chas rachmana ilavan, which means Hashem had mercy on us. Chasa comes from the word lachus, right? So we, it's it's to be merciful. So therefore, we like chasa. Why did the why were the Egyptians compared to Maror? Because Just like Maror, when you first start to chew on it, it it's it's soft. 
but then it becomes hard, meaning it starts out that you don't really taste the bitterness of the lettuce. It comes as an aftertaste. In the beginning, it tastes kind of sweet, and then you taste the aftertaste. So the same thing is true about, or right, so the that the Egyptians in the beginning, the experience in Egypt started out to be pleasant because in the beginning it was like, oh, we're doing a building project. Everybody joined, like Rashi says, in the beginning they paid them for the work. Even Paro came and said, I'm going to work on the pyramids. And it wasn't actually the pyramids, but the storehouses in Egypt, you know, when they, they, uh, when they got, uh, you know, and that's how they enticed the Jews to do it. And then they decided that they were slaves. In other words, it was like in the beginning it didn't seem so bad. It seems like community service, and you know, everyone's doing it, and then they rope them into it. So that's a, yeah, it's a, exactly, yeah. And so that's the uh, that is the uh, um, the uh, the analogy between the Maror and the uh, the uh, the enslavement in Egypt. So this is why romaine lettuce was preferred, and that was what Batel was saying before that you know the Ashkenazim like go for for the horseradish as the number one thing on the list, but really. It's uh, romaine lettuce. It's clearly here that is that that's the best one. Amale um, said, "Hadribi, okay, fine. I retract. I won't go looking for that vegetable anymore. I'll take the romaine lettuce, please." Although the Ashkenazim, they give the reason that they like it better because it doesn't have bugs. That's that's the reason that they give, and they have also like other like um, um, they have tamcha. They also have some kind of uh, I forget what it is, but they have like a rashi tevot that it uh, also has some meaning to it. Okay. <laughs> They make it very, very fine. You know, they... Right. No, they put it on, the matzah. They put it on the matzah. Like, uh, yeah, they put it on. Yeah. How do you know that this maror is actually a vegetable? Maybe it is the bitter bile of this fish. You know, how do you know that it's maror? Where does it say that maror is a type of vegetable? It says because it's like because it grows out of the ground just like matzah grows out of the ground maror grows out of the ground they're both supposed to be from be um, uh, something that grows out of the ground so it says how do you know it's not hirdof how do you know it's not hirdof which Rashi says hirdof it means a type of a stick a type of a tree like branch the one that Moshe Rabbeinu used to sweeten the waters, right? So it says, well, how do you know it's not that? That grows out of the ground. It says, no, no, no. It has to be something that is planted in the, Not a tree. It has to be like a vegetable that grows out of the ground because just like matzah is something that it grows out of the ground and then you take the wheat or whatever and you process it into bread, so too with the maror. Maybe it's hazifu. What's hazifu? She says it's some kind of like a poisonous seed that uh, kills animals, right? You know? Why you would want to eat? I guess it's not deadly to people. Is the point right? Otherwise, that would be that would defeat the purpose, right? So do we have the matzah? Ah, matzah min zoraim. Ah, more min zoraim. Oh, I went back to the right line, right? Our zivu is do we have the matzah? Ah, matzah shenikacha bekesef maser. Ah, more shenikacha bekesef maser. It has to be something that could be purchased with the money of maser sheni, which is a def- another uh, standard we sometimes use for determining something is a substantial food because you have to use the money of the maser sheni. You have to buy food, so um, not everything is, is comes under the category of food, and definitely. Um, uh, poisonous herbs uh, don't come under the category of food, so you wouldn't be able to buy them with the, like Rashi says here, he says because it has to be prima khal, it has to be something, it says, we need something like wine or like animals, those are the examples given, it's, it has to be either grain or wine or animals, something which is considered a substantial food, and so therefore it has to be 
um, it, it cannot be this kind of an herb, this deadly herb. How do you know that there are five different types of maror? Maybe it's one specific thing. It never says that it has to be, that there are five different versions. It says, no, morim ketiv, because it says morim, it's plural. Okay, so So maybe there's only two types. How do you know there's five types? It says, no, just like matzah, you could get it from five different grains. You could also have five options for the maror. It's possible to take all of the different seeds that the rabbi said are good for maror and to put them into one garden patch. Now, if you look... Right, so when you look at when you look at the uh, the halachot of kilayim, so generally speaking, you can't mix uh, different seeds in the same patch. So at first, it sounds like he's saying you could put them all in one little area of the garden. But that's a, a, so Gemara is going to say, how could that be? How could you say that? Uh, so you're, you're saying that there's there's no uh, problem of mixed seeds. Right. So the point is that these are different. Alter- these are pairs of species that have like uh, uh, an endive and a specific type of and a specific type of an endive and a specific type of endive, right? The leek and a specific type of leek and so on. All of these um, different examples have a partner that has like a different name, but it's basically a subspecies of the same thing. So in all of those, like the gourd, the, the, the gourd, the mitzri and the umutza are two different kinds of, uh, two different kinds of, um, of uh, gourd, so they're all they're similar, so that's why they're allowed to put them together. But what does that show you? Chazer chazer galin in chazer v'ulishin lo, meaning each pair in the list can go together, but you can't just mix chazeret and, and endive. You can't because you see they're in this list as they go with a pair. Meaning, just because one is called chazeret and one's called chazeret galin doesn't mean they're totally different species. They're essentially the same, so you can put them together. That doesn't mean chazeret and endives is the same. It's not the same. So, and if you're going to tell me that he meant you could mix all of these together, said it's, it's pairs. In other words, the two types of chazeret can go together because they just are different in name, but they're essentially the same. The two types of endives are essentially the same, two types of gourd are essentially the same, and so on. Right? But so, why did he say that you could put all five of the types of maror in one garden patch? It's not true. They're totally different species. So what's the answer? He meant you can do it kahalacha. What does kahalacha mean? You can have, as the halacha tells us, we actually learned about it, I believe we touched upon it in Masechet Shabbat a little bit. Uh, it, it, it comes up. But basically you can have a square of uh, six by six tfachim, and it says you can actually uh, manage to plant uh, five different things because you can do something on the right side, something on the left, something on top, something on bottom, and something right in the middle. And as long as there is space, as long as the corners are not occupied so that nothing runs into the other species, so it turns out to be okay. So that's what he meant. Since there are five of them, you can actually put one on the left, one on the right, one on the top, one on the bottom, one in the middle, and you can have all five of them in one garden patch, not mixed together. But meaning, since there are five, you can lay it out in a way that's kil chatan. Six, six tachim? It's, it's from, it's six tachim square. Okay. You can, right, so it, if, if you look, at, they might have a picture here, so they don't have a picture? No, I, I don't have pictures in mind, but some of them, they have pictures of what it looks like. But anyway, kil chatan tanina. We already know that if it's done according to halakha, it shouldn't be a problem. That's not a chidush, that's not a novelty. So it says, we're on the amud bed, that if you have 
a patch that is six by six fachim, so zorim betochach hamisha zeronim. Alba arba al arba uchot arugavachabensa. You can put four things on the four sides and then one in the middle, as long as you don't include the corners. You leave spaces at the corners, so there's a clear demarcation separation between the species that species that is going. Let's say it's the north side. There's space on either side, on the left and the right, so that doesn't, you know, whatever's coming up on the west and the east side, or don't don't mix with it. And the same thing on the bottom, and so on. So you can actually have five, but that that wouldn't be a chidush. So why are you telling me that? So you might have thought that's only with seeds of albirakot lo. It's coming to tell you that even vegetables are the same because seeds might be different than vegetables. And we know that vegetable, the difference halachically between vegetable and seed, very simply, is that a seed is something where you don't eat the plant. You eat the seeds from the plant. The vegetable is where you eat the leaves of the plant. That's the definition of your akot. So you eat the leaves of the plant. Okay? So now it says, but one, lemme- one more time, please. Leaves of the plant is called your akot. If you eat the leaves. No, no. Okay, no, yeah. No, 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 well, anything. Whatever. Veg- with the, with lettuce. With the lettuce. That's more complicated. So, but let's say lettuce, uh, anything that you eat the leaves. It's so th- that's co- that's called the yorkot. Uh, anything that you only eat the seeds, you don't eat the leaves. You open it up. You like, for example, wheat. You don't eat the stalk. You you take out the the you take out the piece inside. So it's called zraim because you take out the seeds inside and you grind them up. You don't eat the actual stalk of wheat. You know maybe an animal eats it, but we don't eat it, right? So So you're implying that actually vegetables would be a bigger chidush than seeds. That seed that actually uh, even though you can plant five types of seeds in that area, you wouldn't be able to plant vegetables. And we need to be told that time, but we learned, but we actually learned the opposite, that when it comes to seeds, it's more strict. Seeds are worse than vegetables, not the other way around. We wouldn't say normally, and Rashi says, in fact, it's the opposite. In other words, that Mishnah that said that you can plant on the four corners or the four sides of the patch and something in the middle is only talking about vegetables, not seeds. So it's the opposite of what you're saying. You're saying, oh, we knew about seeds. Now you're telling us about vegetables. That's the new idea that also vegetables. Not, not the opposite. That was only talking about vegetables. You can't do it with seeds. Now the question is, why can't you do it with seeds? Some say because it's... um. Rashi says it's because they draw more from the ground. The roots draw more, so they're going to intermingle beneath the ground. Some say no, it's because you tend to plant more of that kind than vegetables. You plant smaller amounts of vegetables. You plant larger amounts of things that you only take the seeds from, like wheat. You plant a ton of it, so it's more. So you typically have more, and it will become intermingled. Either way, the point is that vegetables are not more lenient, I mean, are not more strict than, uh, than seeds. It's the opposite. So then, therefore, what? So, because you might have thought that we consider these um, th- these various kinds of uh, items to be similar to zra'im, to be similar to seeds and not to vegetables, perhaps because they draw strongly from the ground, according to Rashi, maybe because you tend to pl- plant a lot of them. Whatever the reason is, you might have compared them I to seeds that, instead of vegetables. I don't mind, I, because the, the stacks of the wheat get high and... It looks too mixed. I mean, most of it is about the optics when it comes to to, to kilaim, truthfully, because yeah. But then it says so, so, what it looks like. Yeah. So uh, so in any case, says So how could you how could you have ever thought that the uh, maror is considered like seeds? But then we call it yirakot. 
Everybody calls the uh, the things that you use from Aroa Yerakot because you eat the ve- you eat the leaves. Why would you think that it's uh, why would you think that they are considered seeds? It's trichales al kedat achamina chazeret asricha. You need it for chazeret because al kedat achamina huil v'sofal akshot netiv l'rav chatfei. Because since chazeret in particular becomes very the plant becomes big and becomes hard. Rashi says kelach shelanasav. It becomes very thick, the stalk of the bottom of the lettuce, and it becomes big and, and wide and thick. And so therefore, it, like the, um, you know, either way you interpret it, whether you say that means therefore it's drawing more from the ground than a typical vegetable, or you say because it's going to be very crowded and very big, it's gonna, it needs more space because it, it's just bigger. Okay, so that it's bigger than your average vegetable. Maybe that would make it more similar to Zraim that you shouldn't be able to plant it in proximity to other things. So therefore, what does it say? We should give it more space. So, like uh, Rabbi Yossi Bar Chanina said about cabbage, that it once it becomes hard, once it grows and it matures, you have to give it a betrova, you have to give it a large area to grow and you can't put anything else near it because it, it grows so large and also and so maybe it looks intermingled or because it's drawing more deeply from the ground, its roots are spreading, whatever it is. Okay, but the point is, you, so Alma, since you see that cabbage becomes hard, so therefore you have to give it more space. So you might have thought that you have to give chazeret more space, the, le- the lettuce. So therefore, Kamashmalan, it's coming to tell you that you don't have to. That all of the, so the chidush, after a, a half a, a, a page of Gemara, the chidush, what he wanted to say was that you can plant all of them barugachat, you can plant all of them in one uh, patch, even though chazeret is a little bit of a larger plant and it becomes thicker and you might think that it should be similar to other cases of thicker plants where you're not allowed to have them in proximity to anything else. Chazeret is an exception and you're allowed to have, you could have one patch where you have all five of the types of maror on the four sides and one in the middle. It's, a, it's the romaine lettuce. Okay, now, we said that you can use them whether they are moist or they're dry, meaning fresh or dry. That's only true about the stalk that you can have it if it's dry. But the leaves, if they are dry, completely dry, they're not good for, for maror anymore. Um, but the fact that the Mishnah says you can use their stalk, the beginning when it said you can use it whether wet or dry, meaning whether fresh or dry, and then it said you can use it and you can use kelach you could use it and you can use the stock that implies that in the beginning when it said wet or dry fresh or dry it meant the leaves and then it's adding you can also use the stock so how can you say that when it says dry is okay it doesn't mean the leaves of course it means the leaves it says no it's explaining itself that the Mishnah is coming at the end to say mention the stock meaning when we said before that you can use it dry or wet we meant the stock only, but not the leaves. Maybe there is an objection that you'll see by hand. It seems pretty clear, right? Rabbi Meir says you can use these any of these forms of maror and their stock, whether wet or dry. According to the Chachamim, you cannot use them dry. Okay? But if they are wilted, you know, like if you leave it, it becomes kamush, wilt, like withers, wilt, you know, it's just like old, like lettuce becomes like, you know, yucky, right? So, right, yeah. So, but not if it is soaked in vinegar, not if it is boiled into a soup. If you cook it up, it's not going to have the same flavor as the fresh, so that, or as the uncooked, I should say, right? But what do you see from here? Rabbi Meir is saying what? You can use bakelach, 
right? You can use the uh, you can use the ke- it and its kelach, it and its stalk, dry or wet. So obviously they're they're not distinguishing. They're not saying no, no, no. The the stalk only can be dry, but the leaves can't be dry. It's not. So it says no. Targuma kelach. No. Again, we're going to say that when he said you can use it. Wet or dry, he was only referring to the stalks. But the leaves, if they totally dry out, they won't have the flavor anymore and they won't be acceptable. You can't use them withered out. You can, according to him. Ah, we're back to our favorite case, right? A person takes Maser Sheni from his uh, romaine lettuce and he brings it up to Yerushalayim. Can he... Use that as maror now. So the question, So according to, according to Rabbi Akiva, he said you can even use matzav maser sheni. No problem. You bring it up to Jerusalem, use it there. Because why? Because he said the reason that even though matzah has to be something that can be eaten in any place, if this matzah became tamay, it will be able to be redeemed and eaten in any place. So that's good enough. So maror, which is only a mitzvah midrabanan, Right? Well, that would seem to be what it means. Rashi says that's not what it means. Rashi says it means that since the mitzvah of taking maaser from vegetables is only midrabanan, because usually it's only the fruits and the grains. It's not the vegetables. So since the mitzvah of taking maaser is only midrabanan, for sure you should be able to use the maror that is maaser sheni. The question is according to Rabbi Maybe Rabbi Yossi Aglili will say, when it comes to matzah, right? Of where the mitzvah of maaser sheni is deoraita, because the mitzvah of maaser sheni is a, uh, a, you know, is on grain, for sure. So there he says that you can't use it, right? He, that was what Rabbi Yosef Lili had said, that you cannot use it, but maror, where the vegetable, mas, the status of maser sheni of that vegetable is only midrabanan. So therefore, we shouldn't really have the, uh, the issue uh, of using it for the mitzvah. When we, maybe he wouldn't apply that stricture, or maybe he'll say that, no, since the rabbis made the mitzvah of Maser Sheni, they're going to apply the same rule to every case. In other words, even though the Maror is only Maser Sheni Midra Banan, it's not biblical Maser Sheni, we'll still say that, um, that we, ha- we apply the same rule, that you can't use Maser Sheni for the mitzvot of Matzot and Maror on Pesach, even though the status of Maser Sheni of the, of the Maror is only Dura Banan, because the rabbis try to be consistent with all of their legislation. Amar says, How do you know that you're not using the money for Maser Sheni to buy Maror? Because that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about where you actually bring the maror. Yeah, that's what that's what talking about. So that's his question. His question is only related to that. It's only, right. So the so the question is, we know that Rabbi Yosef Lili doesn't allow you to use matzah that is a maser sheni. So the question is, what about maror shel maser sheni? And um, and so he so the question since the maser sheni status of that maror is only rabbinic, maybe he would say, oh, it's okay to use it, or maybe he'll say, no, the status of that matzah, or maror's is doesn't matter. Once it's called maser sheni, the same rule is going to apply. You can't use it. So the so what is the answer? The answer is amarava um, maror. Since matzah maror on the they're the same. Rashi says They're always connected. Al matzot So just like matzah is called maser sheni, and therefore you can't use it. Since they gave it the status of maser sheni, likewise, they, you should not be able to use it. According to Rabbi Yosef Lili, he's going to be um, consistent about that. The interesting thing that occurred to me here is that what, what, I, what I'm not so clear on is that 
is it the same reasoning? In other words, what did Rabbi Yosei Aglili say was the reasoning? See, that was the difference between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yosei Aglili because Rabbi Yosei Aglili was saying that the reason why is because Beoni, Lohachaldi Beoni Mimenu, and the Matzah is called Lechemoni. So therefore, Lechemoni is, is a, affliction, and Maser Sheni is not supposed to be eaten in sadness, it's supposed to be Besimcha, so therefore you can't use it. But when it comes to Maror, um, it never uses the word Beoni. Right, it never says that it has to be a pain, but I guess because it's maror, because it's bitter, and it's you know, it's it's uh, he's assuming that they would go together and have that same issue. Because otherwise, what's the problem? It never says anything about affliction with maror. It just says to eat the maror with the korban pesach. It never says the word affliction, but I guess he's interpreting it as being of the same thing. That uh, just like the matzah is matzah is lechem oni, and therefore you know, therefore it, it's not compatible with maser sheni. Also, the maror would not be compatible with maser sheni because it's um, rirut and 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 it's something that's supposed to be re- reminding us of the slavery. Yeah.